Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to an episode of Sex and Happiness. And again, always I tell you this, I remind you, I know it takes constant reminding that I have to remind you that this is about your sex and your happiness. And today is not going to be any different. Um, I'm interviewing an old friend today. And, you know, a lot of times I interview my friends. This is someone I haven't really talked to in a while, but I'm thrilled to have him as my guest. But let me tell you about him, and I'll tell you what we're talking about. His name is Robert Kandel, and he's been helping men find themselves for 14 years. He's an expert in interpersonal communication and relationships, and he's helped thousands of students find a more balanced, energized life with better relationships, more sex, and more happiness. Yay! His coaching style is challenging, fraternal, and highly rewarding, and definitely not for the faint-hearted. He's been described as part football coach, part loving dad, and part slightly crazed drill sergeant. He is the host of a highly successful podcast, Tough Love, and the author of an upcoming book, Unhidden, a book for men and those confused by them. That is wonderful. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I forgot to ask you if I should call you Rob or Robert because I know you as Rob. Either way, it works great. Okay. Not I'm not a Bob. Right, you're not a Bob. You're not definitely a Bob. not a Bob. <laughs> All right, well, I'll alternate. So today, what are we going to talk about? Are we talking about tough love or are we talking about all of it? Are we talking about like how to be unconfused by men and how men can get unconfused? I kind of uh, like that. Yes, yes, and we can talk about it all. Okay, really good. So let's start from the beginning because I know for myself that I didn't, you know, my high school guidance counselor didn't tell my parents that I was going to be a sex and happiness coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably, they told my parents that they should sit on me and I should be a math major. I was terrible at math. I don't even know how they got that. Mm. So, <laughs> so, you know, I am what I am in the world. How did you get to be who you are in the world? The strangest trip and strangest road, probably. Uh, it's been a dynamic and amazing life. I, my story is I, I grew up normal as a normal person <laughs> and followed the American dream extremely well. Uh, high school, did well in high school, better in college, got the, went to grad school, got the first corporate job, house in San Francisco, married and then just discovered uh, through a lot of interesting experiences that I wasn't just this person. There was so much more deep, deep inside of me. And I was luckily to be married to a woman who wasn't happy with the status quo and went to Burning Man and had different experiences. And all of a sudden, I just followed the path to discovering there was so much more to who I was. Wow. So, yeah. So the, so you were influenced by a woman that you were married to, to like start bending yourself and changing yourself and finding, even though you did great under what we would call normal standards, you, you discovered there was more because someone was motivating you. Right. 
I mean, the main thing was that we were both part of this uh, society, both thought that, you know, we had limitations of who we were. But then she was in a massage school in San Francisco in the late 90s. And then her friend said, do you want to come to Burning Man? And this was 1998. So Burning Man was not as big as it is now. And then she asked me, and I was like, I don't really want to go. It's where those other people go, those hippies, and those massage therapists, those doulas. You know, I'd seen a picture book of Burning Man. There were naked people walking around encrusted in mud, and I was like, ew. But I wanted to make her happy, and I was like, okay, we can go. And you know, three or four months later, I landed at Burning Man for the first time, get out of the car. And then it was twilight, and like there were drums in the distance, and there was a cool breeze. And the words popped in my head, like, you're home. And I was like, what? And it's like, you're home. And this whole new part of me in that moment was brought to the surface to go from hidden to unhidden. And my whole life was at one moment changed from saying yes to it. Wow, that's like amazing. That's, you know, like when you say to people, what changed your life? You say, okay, attending Burning Man. <laughs> I got out of the car and I was home. It's quite amazing that you were even that aware to recognize uh, that that shift had just happened to you uh, because if you weren't looking for something, it's amazing that you actually found it. It was shocking and disturbing, really. Like, I was really good at being a yuppie. I was really good at the American dream. My entire life, successful. And I had a good relationship with my parents and I was following their footsteps and I was, my father was proud of me. <laughs> but it, there were parts of me that weren't true. Like, I was overworking at 28. I was 30 pounds overweight. I was disconnected from this woman I was married to. We were sort of, like, uh, missing each other in the life. You know, she went to school, and I worked, and we didn't really spend a lot of quality, and we weren't honest. You know, I had this rich, deep fantasy life around sexuality, really infused by porn. Uh, porn was a news group to that point. There wasn't really video, so... I had this really rich deep inside that I never told anyone, especially not my wife. And so even though it looked good, there was so much unspoken and withheld from each other. Mm. So that, so, so Burning Man was the beginning. And then what happened? I mean, clearly when I met you, you weren't married. So you must've gotten a divorce at some point after that. Well, that Burning Man was, that was the first moment. I, I'll tell you my story with the second yeah, yeah. one. But, so, uh, you know, a couple of days in, you know, Carol, my ex-wife, she said, hey, I heard there's a camp where there's orgies called <laughs> Delilah's Den. Do you want to go? And I was like, uh, well, yeah. I was like, yeah. And, and it's like, does she know I have this secret fantasy porn thing going on? And so I was like, yeah. So all day I'm thinking like Delilah's, 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 you know, thinking about it, fantasizing about it, I'm really excited. And so 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, we ride our bikes across the playa, end up in front of Delilah's. I go to the temp, tent flap and open it and expect to see this big Roman-based orgy. And there were 300 guys and two women in the oh, tent. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, at the moment. And I was just like, oh. And then all of a sudden, Carol was very popular, and I certainly wasn't. Um, so we were there for like five minutes and then I, we left and I felt dejected and I felt like I lost an opportunity. But what happened was we went on a walk uh, that night and we started to tell our, our, each other the truth about our desires. And I, it, was the, it was the first honest conversation in my entire life with another person, let alone a woman, 
about what was going on in my head. And I said, I don't think you're the last woman in my life I want to kiss. And she's like, you're not the last guy in my life I want to kiss. Like, what? And all of a sudden, we, from the truth, we went on an exploration that lasted, you know, next five or six years, including, uh, you know, going to sex parties and going to sex clubs and taking classes with a group called the Welcome Consensus and then eventually meeting Nicole and forming One Taste in 2004. So it was an epic six years of honesty, reading more honesty, exploration, reading more exploration. And my whole life I just sketched from that yuppie to where I was then and where I am now. Right. One of the founders of One Taste. Yes. Um, uh, that's when I met you. I met you when you came to New York to scope out some apartments uh, that could house a One Taste urban commune in, yes. in New York City. And I ended up moving in there part time. So, yes. <laughs> so we, we, we then met and became close. So, wow, that's, and, and, and Carol, what has become of her? Carol, um, in 2003, when we were forming, One Taste, before One Taste really existed, we were on that path. And Nicole and I were becoming business partners, and we were building a community. And the shift went from uh, the old life to the new. Mm. And the new life was really scary uh, for her and was for me. But it was really scary for her because Nicole said to us, bluntly she said listen i want you to come on this adventure with me but it's going to cost us everything it's going to cost our time it's going to cost our attention it's going to uh, cost the money you have you would have to invest it for this to really work and i was so ready i was such a yes to this great call to adventure to use uh, joseph campbell's hero's journey terminology the call to adventure was a big yes and carol was a no uh she was really a, overtly a maybe but she was a no inside uh -huh. And so I said yes, and she said no. And then after about another year of struggling and a lot of drama, uh, you know, I went right and she went left. And we split up and ended up divorcing. The funny part was about seven, eight years later, she actually came back and uh, joined One Taste and ran the San Diego Division for a while. Um, so we reconnected at that point. But my journey was a yes to a very intense uh, journey of One Taste, and that's not the life she wanted. Yes, got it. Thank you so much for that recap and stuff like I certainly didn't know. I never got a chance to ask you all that stuff. So it's great to hear it now. And certainly I want to hear, you know, now what you're doing and where you're going because it's been a while too since you left One Taste. So we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, we're going to, we're going to find out, you know, where are you at? And what are you doing now? And what are you providing people? Because I know, Rob, that uh, you're providing people. I don't even know because I haven't talked to you in a while, but I know that whatever you're doing, it has quality and integrity. <laughs> so I want to hear about it because I want my listeners to hear about what you're doing and certainly find out how to get in touch with you and all that stuff. So. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I am interviewing Robert Kandel, and um, he is a uh, he's an author. His book is soon to come out called uh, Unhidden, a book for men and those confused by men. He has a successful podcast called Tough Love, and the tough is T-U-F-F, -F, 
love, not spelled the normal way. And um, he's got a very successful coaching business and he helps people uh, with their lives, with their communication, with their relationships. So stay tuned. We're going to find out more about what Rob's up to now. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it. You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only $19.99 paperback and $14.99 ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. If you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, 
please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We are back with Sex and Happiness. Again, I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Robert Kandel. And we're talking about well, we're talking about him getting unhidden from himself and going on his adventure. And now we're going to talk about how he helps other people get unhidden. I love the title, Unhidden. Um, so, so, Rob, what exactly has this all led to? What do you, what, tell us more about what you're doing right now, because only a short bio can't tell us that much. Mm-hmm. I did one face for 10 years. I yeah. left that in 2014. Really burnt out from the experience, had a great run of 10 years, but was ready for something new. Moved to Venice Beach, California with, you know, an idea, a concept, and also a blank slate, a new life. And through these three years, I've uh, been busy, uh, almost four years at this point. Uh, built a coaching business, do business consulting, got married, co-parenting two children, and working on this book called Unhidden. And the concept of Unhidden is that we're taught in society to be really mediocre communicators. We're taught to withhold, we're taught to hide parts of ourselves that might be judged. We speak and communicate, and we create our lives behind infused social media profiles because we have shame, and we don't believe we'll be loved if we truly showed who we are. So my book and my podcast and my, my life coaching is really about the concept of bringing what's inside out to show what's hidden, to become unhidden, and attract the people in your life who can love you for who you truly are, not for the facade of the mask that you wear, which is scary, really scary, because everyone's afraid of being abandoned and ending up alone, living under the bridge. So the book is about, uh, really written for men, though everyone can read it and get some value from it, of how to, in today's society, be real, authentic, and believe in yourself, have self-esteem, self-validation, so you can truly be who you are in the world. Yeah, it's so important. And um, the thing is, uh, I just want to, this is like a factoid, a little factoid. Mm-hmm. Women buy the most self-help books. Mm-hmm. So it, I like that you put for those who are confused by them, because what I think is that it's more likely that a woman might buy the book and read it and then give it to a man that she loves. Mm-hmm. Right. I just see that as, you know, a strategy, but I, I, you know, it's neither here nor there. I just felt it and I had to say it, Thank you. Um, but I love it. I think it's so important to be authentic and um, to let go of those images and, and risk it, you know, try it out uh, go, let go of some of those layers of shame and those layers of covering and, and see what happens. I mean, when that, then you know for sure people love, who love you love you. And if people don't like you, they weren't going to like you anyway for one reason or another. Right, right. Well, the, the main thing is, especially for men, is we, we look externally for validation. We're, we're external validation junkies, and social media has really taken this habit, this addiction, and amplified it to the point of pathology. And so what the book shows men and teaches men specifically, it's a pragmatic guide. 
of how to build your self-esteem. Self-esteem is built upon esteemable acts. When we do things that we enable us to believe in ourselves, then we are not dependent on external validation. We can love ourselves for the amazing man we are. And then the external validation is nice. It's really nice, but it's not the lifeblood of what we live in. And that's where freedom comes from. So give, can you give some examples of like when you say to do um, measurable acts or um, so what was the word? Esteemable acts. Oh, esteemable. Yeah, I guess I didn't hear that part right. Esteemable acts, like that's a, did you make up that term? That's like a, that's intense. Esteemable acts. It's actually from a 12-step program. I like giving credit where credit's due. Okay, yeah. Um, it changed my life when I heard it. Because an esteemable act is different for every single person. We all of our customizable things that we do. But for me, uh, physical fitness is really important to me. So every time I want to skip going to the gym and I get my ass to the gym, I'm building my self-esteem. When there's something I really want to withhold from my wife, Morgan, because I know it's going to cause a fight or cause a disagreement, I tell her. Because it's part of my viewpoint that uh, transparency is the most important thing in a relationship. So even though it's challenging for a minute, a bit, you know, uh, 10 minutes, an hour, a day, I have so much uh, self-empowerment from being that transparent. Um, when I say no, when societally it's challenging to say no to someone, and I feel right about it, and I face the consequences of it, it builds esteem. It's all those places inside of me that I've discovered build my self-confidence that I stick to and keep inside my integrity um, that's what builds my self-validation. And then if someone's upset, I'm like, okay, I understand why they're upset. I might feel the heat of their upsetness, but that's their choice. I'm living in integrity with myself rather than acquiescing to be like. That's very clear. I mean, how you explain it is very, very clear to me. It's uh, So it's, yeah, I can see. So it's not saying, you know, when you say that uh, social media has become an addiction um, and it's out of, it's like all blown out of proportion. You mean because everything we do gets a like or not like or whatever, you know, it's like that, like the fact that people are giving us thumbs up and out of boys and out of girls, that me that's like the outside uh, external looking for validation. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's research that shows when you get a notification on your phone, a text or a like or a comment, there's a a chemical hit, like you're smoking a cigarette, a serotonin. There's all these different kinds of chemical response to actually having that. People who have created the technology, the smartphone, the, the person who created the like button, all say that it's dangerous because what it does is it actually builds an addiction. That's why people are so focused on their phones is from their phones, they can actually get a chemical response to the attention they get on their phone. And so phones are addicting. I'm sure you've seen it in real life, but there's actually studies out there that are showing, especially for children. uh, Please, if you have a kid, please be wary of of their screen time. Um, So we we stop looking internally for our self-validation, and so we start putting a lot of time and attention into our social media presence to get that attention, to get that chemical hit, so we feel good about ourselves. Mm. 
I got it. Well, I remember before there was social media, just when there was computers, people were addicted to their computers because the computers never said no. Mm -hmm. And now it's even more, it's the phones don't say, not only do they not say no, they say, I like you. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'll be here whenever you need me, however you need me. Right. I'll be I'm here. Always. The, yeah. <laughs> I'll be here in the middle of the night. I'll be here before you go to sleep. I'll be here when you wake up. Exactly. I mean, I think in the past, you know, we had the answering machines. Remember the little light on the answering yeah. machine would come yeah. home and, oh, it's solid. No one loves me. <laughs> so it's not like phones have created this, but just the ubiquitous and complex nature of our phones has increased it. And if you're not conscious of it, it can really rob you of your self-esteem and or your relationships. Yeah. So I love what you said. Let's go back over some of it. You look for acts that you find esteem from, like, for example, working out and also being transparent, like facing the hard things, things you might not want to say in the past, things you might not have wanted to reveal. Mm -hmm. You actually face those conversations, take responsibility and take the risk of whatever, of facing whatever that's going to mean or whatever that, whatever opens up as a result of saying those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that takes some skill though, Rob, you, you know, I, I, I'm going to credit you as being a lifelong transformer because I know you, all of us, again, like didn't come here with those wonderful skills. Our parents didn't bring us up like that. Totally true. <laughs> so you've taken different uh, communication courses. Right. And you've learned how to really take full responsibility and have a communication. Right. Well, I mean, the most important thing for me to say is I was horrible at it when I started. I mean, some people are good or mediocre or have some skill. I was really bad at it. I was uh, very much trying to be a nice guy. I was very much into my external appearance. And so I've been working on this for 20 years at this point. And uh, communication is my, my favorite. It's my, it's my main skill, really, when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is, is you can go from being a total um, numb and dumb guy like I was into someone who can deeply feel if you're willing to put the time, energy, and attention at building your skills. And I can tell you that through communication, you can create the exact life you want, the exact relationship with your partner, with your family, with your friends, with your boss. It's our inability to communicate. It's our tendency to withhold that co-creates the prisons we live in. And you can use it also to open the door and free yourself to living the life exactly the way you want it. But it does take training, time, and skill. Yes. And it, I mean, but it's worth it. I think it's absolutely worth it. I mean, I, I, I remember a few interactions that you and I had in a couple of classes at one taste. And I mm -hmm. just, I thought we, we did some exercise together where you had to just say just what you saw. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you had to look at my genitals, so you had to mm -hmm. just say <laughs> what you saw. It's true. And you, you were like really skilled at it. You weren't hemming and hawing around. You were actually just saying, you know, I saw this. I saw hair. I saw pink. I saw, you know. And you, you didn't mince words either. You just said it. So by that time, 
already you were well on your way to being skilled. You were also in some classes that I taught there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, me too, like communication to me is like the most important thing. Like speaking my truth is the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be around places where I have to hold back and I can't really. I mean, so I can be patient and wait for the right time. I'm not going to fight every single battle. Right. Because I had to learn that too. You know, not to just pick a fight to pick a fight. Right. And I'm not transparent with everyone in my life. I don't want this to seem like I'm 100% honest with 100% people. It's not that. That's not my my agreement with myself. My agreement is with people I want to be intimate with, I want to be close with, I tell the truth to 100% mm-hmm. of the time or to the best of my ability. But if I don't want to be close to someone, they get my 20% or my 30%. But that's a conscious choice because um, I know the cost of withholding and I know the cost of building that facade is a prison and not very healthy relationships. I would rather people know me than like my facade. Beautiful. Love that. Love that. So now my question is, why are you focused on men? I've, I've been coaching men and women my entire career. Um, I wasn't planning to write a book just for men. And I had a, a book editor, a woman named Kelly Notaris of KN Literary Arts, again, to give credit where credit's due, who read my first book proposal based on my podcast and said, you know what, why don't you write a book for men? And I was like, huh. And then I researched the books out there for men. And there are definitely some quality out there, but not many. Uh, the amount of self-help recent powerful book for men is you know, five or six that I could actually recommend. Yeah. And so I was, she was like, this needs to be brought to men because men are suffering out there. And this is a misnomer that especially uh, recently with me too, that's hard to discuss. I'm not, this is not to say anything about women. I'm just talking about men because men are uh, imprisoned in their own inability to deal with their emotions and their own inability to express that they're unhappy. We're supposed to have it all and be stoic and be solid. And so I wanted to create a book that would give men, one, a pragmatic guide to live a full life, but also just instill with them, like they're not the only one with these thoughts, not the only one with these fears. And, and just to bring them out of this terminal uniqueness that I'm the only one that feels this way, that most men do, and how to create pragmatic solutions to be more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was her idea. I think it's good. I really think it's good. And I think, I mean, obviously in the climate of Me Too, there's, but, but it started before this. I mean, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably started with feminism yep. because, you know, I was an original feminist and I, uh, I can't say that I could renew my feminism card right now because I, in the beginning, what we were marching for was safety in the streets and equal pay. But it, our emotions about it got out of hand. I mean, I take full responsibility for my part in this. Like I, I would like shame a guy who wanted to light my cigarette. Mm-hmm. you know, or wanted to open my car door. Like I would say, what do you think? My hands don't work. They work. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know. I mean, really, I couldn't know that 20 years later, 30 years later, men would be like 
emasculated, like with no balls. Like I, I sort of call it Alan Alderman. Like there's too mm-hmm. many. I kind of like John Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> well, it's John Wayne's not a great example, but it's <laughs> it's a balance and it's a fluidity. Um, I'm really glad you said that uh, because that's really a big thing. Is the 1960s and 1970s the the rise of feminism is awesome. I'm a full 100 percent percent supporter of it. I think it was important. I think it needed to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it continues. I think Me Too is amazing and really, really important. And you know, the space that society has for women to expand and grow, all these programs in the 70s and 80s were awesome and there was no compliment for men to deal with their emotions and learn how to handle women. There's two amazing books, um, War Against Boys uh, by Susanna Hoff and then The End of Men by Hannah Rosen that really describe this. Uh, third book, A Man Interrupted by Phyllis Zimbardo, um, really describes what's happened to men and boys over the last 30 years. Mm. Uh, there's significant changes in economics. There's significant changes where more women are going to college and grad school than men. It used to flip from like, 30, 30, 70, it's flipped for women now, you know, heading into the workforce, pay grade slipping. And so men have not had the opportunity and they have not had the willingness to give men the responsibility and men to step up to say, all right, it's time for me to get bigger and grow. And so men are really suffering. Yeah, I got it. I got it completely. And then women too, because even after women are complaining and have just like, you know, guillotined all the balls of the men that they know then they go where are the men right and like and like i'm like well you just took the balls off of the last 10 i mean where do you think they are they're still everywhere they're everywhere they ever were they need the same things you need they need to Mm -hmm. stay you know we all need uh like plants we need plant food light and water (laughs) you know like we need we need to be nourished and um you know, it's funny. In the seventies, I actually had a men's group. Hmm. They, uh, the men that I knew, they met me because I used to teach assertive communication, and all these men met me at the Boston and Cambridge Centers for Adult Education, and they said, "Could you do a men's group?" And I was like, "Do you really want me to do a men's group?" And they were like, "Yeah, we trust you and we love you, so we'll just make you an honorary man for these groups." <laughs> but for a few years, I led men's groups. And really, that's what I did was I empowered them to not only gain communication skills and all these, you know, become sensitive and aware of themselves, but also to be very assertive Mm -hmm. and really have their balls. I didn't want them to get all soft. I wanted them to be able to be soft at moments and sensitive when they wanted to be, but not like to just go through life like that, like Mm -hmm. to be able to have a range of motion. So, um, so I didn't know anybody else who was doing anything back then, then, but I, you know, I certainly wasn't, I'm, I applaud you. I, it's so necessary and needed right now that men like come to grips with what's happened to them, what Mm -hmm. they're being accused of. Mm -hmm. And and if it's not, if the shoe doesn't fit, they shouldn't wear it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of men who, who now are, they're looking back over their lives and they're going, you know, did I harass her? Mm-hmm. Did I harass her? No, I was just being a guy. Like I was expected to make the first move. I was expected to try and kiss her. I was expected to try and like touch her. 
like that, you know, in my generation, we expected men to do that. We weren't going to do it. We were shamed if we did it. Mm -hmm. So it's so, you know, it's like nobody knows exactly how to be right now. Right. And I think the main thing on that topic is that men don't really know the impact they have on women. Yes. And, and I think most men have really good intentions. There are certainly men out there with bad intentions, and we definitely, they have been in the, in the media a lot. Right. Uh, I think we might have elected one. Um, but, you know, I think most men really just don't know the impact they have with their voice and their bodies and their energy. And so it's really important for, to be in a powerful relationship for men to learn the ramifications of their energies. And women... Um, don't want to deal with a man's fragile ego, so they don't tell him. And so we have, you know, dumb guys and angry women interacting and everyone gets separated and there's more disconnection. It takes a guy willing to say, I want to understand my impact or how do I touch you better? or How do I, you know, what tone of voice do you want me? It's like an inquiry into yourself to know your impact. And it's really uh, the opportunity, not the responsibility, the opportunity of a woman to say, this is the way I want to be treated. This is what would feel good. I'm in constant dialogue with my wife, you know, even after all these years of work, where she's continuing to educate me on what feels good to her and what things she wants and things I don't understand, I ask more. And sometimes I'll be like, yes. And sometimes I'm like, maybe. And sometimes I'm like, well, no. And we find it. But it's, it's the willingness to hear and it's a willingness to talk. And that's where the intimacy rises from. So good. So good. All right. We're going to take another short break here. This is a good place to stop for a second and just take a breath. And uh, every all my listeners out there, you're listening to Robert Kandel, who's got an upcoming book uh, called Unhidden, a book for men and those confused by them. And I think you're going to want to get this book. I just, I can't imagine that you wouldn't want to read it because you're hearing Rob now and you're, you're seeing like how much he has to say in a short period of time about how to connect, really how to connect and go deep with what, with what it is you want from relating. And uh, it's, it's, it's really important. So we'll be right back. When we come back, you'll find out how to get in touch with him and we'll see if he has any last minute tips to leave us with so stay tuned we're coming right back hi you know i want to talk to you seriously about going on vacation to me vacation is really important and i want to be somewhere that really stimulates me and really is fun i want to tell you about a vacation you can come on where you can deepen your intimacy while also being at the perfect vacation I'm talking about an all-inclusive vacation with a nude beach and a prude beach and an exceptional nightlife. In really fun classes, every day I will take you deeper and deeper into couples, sensuality, intimacy, and enhanced communication. My classes include things like making love in the unknown, making sex last longer, sex magic, and intimate massage techniques. This year, I'll be teaming up with Michael Gibson to offer Just Add Skill for Men and Goddess Massage. He and I will both offer private sessions on all these topics and more. So, you're asking when? October 13th to the 20th. The location is Hedonism 2 Resort in Negril, Jamaica. I really want you to come on this vacation with me. I'm not kidding. It's 
changed my life to be in an environment like hedonism. So to book, call Tom's Trips. The number is 800-285-0853. That's 800-285-0853. You have to say that you're with me, Laurie Handlers. Please book right away because accommodations are going fast. And this is really a dream vacation. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too. Meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach... I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say, Laurie Handler has told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. Again, you're listening to Sex and Happiness, and I'm Laurie Handler as your host. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Robert Candell, who I know and don't know. Like, I know him, but I, this is the new him, and this, is, this stuff is great. And he was working on it, of course, when I knew him, but this is, you know, you've clearly upped your game, and you are, uh, you're an expert at this. It's, it's so good to hear. It's so, everything you said in the last segment was so refreshing and, 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 you know, not so hard to accomplish if you want to. Like mm-hmm. you, have, you have to want to, you have to have the desire to want to be a great communicator, somebody great in a relationship and to not hide anymore behind whatever, whatever it is. So 
Yeah, Rob. So do you have any, um, you know, let's say somebody's listening right now and, uh, and they, they want to get started and maybe they didn't get the book yet and maybe they don't really know what to do. Do you have any tips about just getting started in being authentic as a communicator? Sure. Uh, the book actually is in November, coming out in November of 2018. Mm-hmm. So um, a little bit longer. Sorry, I'm working as fast as I can. Uh-huh. Uh, I do have a podcast that's done weekly, and we talk about these topics from relationships and intimacy, communication, sexuality, life purpose, money. There's a whole <laughs> a very wide gambit in terms of my what I talk about. But if you're interested right now, without buying or listening anything, the main thing you can do to uh, make a change in your life is just to admit to yourself there's a part of your life you want to up-level. And I call it confrontation. You want to confront what's going on for you. And the best way to do that is not to think generally. I want to be a better communication communicator. It's to think specifically. Um, So I want to become a better communicator with my wife around my sexual desires. I want to become a better communicator with my mom about my boundaries around how often we see each other. I want to communicate to my boss that when he stands above me and touches my shoulder while working, I feel uncomfortable. Work on something very specific and something small and attainable to, um, to up-level your life. That's the first step is the committing. The second one is is what I call investigation, and that's a an inquiry into all aspects of that. So you know, read, go on the internet and read a blog, or or, or find a book, or listen to a podcast around that topic about you know sexual harassment at work, or uh, boundary with the parents. I mean, you can go on Google, you can find a Facebook group for everything these days, or a meetup, and and just spend some time and energy to feel the ridges of it to get some information, to get some validation that you're not the only one with this question. And the third step is simply to commit to yourself that you're going to make this change and say to yourself, I'm going to have this conversation within the next two weeks or the next 24 hours or whatever it is. Um, And just commit to yourself that my life and my happiness and my state of being is so important that I'm going to commit to myself to to doing this. And that's the first three steps to to changing your entire life. Is it in simple and challenging, but doable? Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Well said and well spelled out. So let's find out how people can get in touch with you. So you mentioned the show. The show is a weekly podcast. It's Tough Love to you, T-U-F-F love. Do they just type that in when they Google or do they, or is there a station or something? Everything is um, in my hub, which is my website called robertcandell.com, K-A-N-D-E-L-L.com. There's information about how to pre-order the book. Uh, There's links to the podcast via iTunes Stitcher. Um, You can also go to iTunes and just search Tough Love, T-U-F-F love with Rob Candell. Um, that's one way to find it. Um, I'm doing a communication course in New York City and Los Angeles in the fall. There'll be information about that. Um, and you can always email me and say, I want to be connected to you. I want to learn more. 
I have Facebook, I have all the you know social media, but robertcandell.com is the easiest way to find everything. Okay, and that again is spelled K-A-N-D-E-L-L, Robert Kandel. Well, it has been my pleasure to have you on the show. I was yeah, I was thrilled when I got notification that you were coming out with a book. Um I just I'm so I'm so excited for you. I you know I'm just excited about what you're doing and I love how specific it is and how people can just really get empowered. They really, Mm -hmm. they just, you you know, y'all listening to this, you deserve this. (laughs) (laughs) That's, but that's really the first, maybe that's the step zero is just to know you deserve, deserve it. And if you don't start there, nothing's going to change. Exactly. So, Rob, thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you for doing what you're doing in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm thrilled about it. I'm really, really thrilled about it. Now I'm feeling like, okay, if I am in San Diego in September, which I will be, now I want to come to L.A. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to come and see you. So I like that. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much. Everybody, stay tuned when I uh, for my next show. I will have another amazing guest that will add to your sex and your happiness. That's what this is all about. That's why I do it. And I, you know, and I thank you all for listening. It's been my pleasure to be with you again today on sex and happiness. So for now, this is Laurie Handler's signing off. Thank you for joining us today for sex and happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to butterflyworkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.